Welcome to the Courageous Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Carolyn Zanetti. Each episode, we meet thought leaders, game changers, and entrepreneurs sharing their mindset, skill set, and habits so you too can lead with courage and bring your vision to life. Welcome back to our Courageous Leaders Podcast. Today's special guest is a great friend of mine, Dave Clare. He's the founder of Circled Leadership. So, expert to go to in all things leadership, culture, business. Can't wait to dive deep and share more of his story and how he can inspire you in your business. So thanks a lot, Dave. Uh, My absolute privilege, Cassie. I've been waiting for this moment to get onto your podcast. Yeah, (laughs) love it. Uh, Thank you so much. What makes you feel alive? What makes me feel alive? Wow, jump straight into it. What makes me feel alive is 100% living on purpose. It's like knowing that I have a really great sense of meaning, not only like from a business point of view, but for my life. I mean, uh, knowing that I can be of service uh, to to this world, to the people that I choose to be of service to, uh, you know, makes me feel alive. You know, apart from the obvious, my kids, you know, um, going out and just breathing, you know, all this really cool stuff that we get that we've taken for granted most of our lives. But really what makes me most feel alive uh, beyond all those, what I would call those rudimentary or fundamental things is actually the ability to be of service to others. I just, I just, I have found my greatest joy in, in helping other people. Beautiful. Love that. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Testing one, two, three, check, 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 one, two. Oh, I can't hear the recording. Hello. 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 I think. Are we recording? Yeah, but I'll just get it edited out. Just two seconds. It says it's right, but anyway, we'll just keep going. All right. All righty. So I love that. And before we dive deep into life and business, First of all, can you tell us about your call to courage, like your journey from adversity to victory, a couple of moments that helped you on your path to realign to get where you are today? Wow. Just Give us some background juice. I know I know some of your story, and I think it's really empowering to share, yeah. you know, you how, how just a couple of them. So challenges many create greatness, right? Um, 100%. Um, you know, and like tonight, right now, the world, everyone is realizing that we're all equal, which is really kind of cool because um, I'm a firm believer that adversity or crisis is a magnificent teacher. The question is, are we willing to be great students in those moments? Um, and we all are who we are today uh, because of the mistakes that we've learned from or the challenges that we learned from. I was speaking somewhere earlier today about this. If you want to be courageous, well, the universe isn't going to send you courage. It's going to send you fears and challenges for you to develop courage, right? Um, and, and for you to learn to become courageous. It doesn't go, here. hey, here's courage, take it. Um, well it's, said. It's yours to be earned. Um, so be careful what you ask for, because you just might get it. Um, but I've shared this before with a few people, but one of the most significant and what I call what-if moments in my life where I discovered courage, um, and, and I'll, I'll shorten the story for this, but it was back in October 1999. I was in business for myself for the very first time. I'd been employed throughout my whole life prior to that, and it was my one of my first ventures into business for myself, probably well before you were born. 
but the um, pretty close to it anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was October 99. I was in business for myself. Uh, I started in business for myself about three months into it. Uh, moved into our own place, rented a place, sold my house to buy this business that a license that I had. And I hadn't made a sale in the first three months of being in business. Um, you know, I wanted to get in business for myself. Uh, I, I wanted to get out there and say, you know what? I, I've traded my time for money uh, and said, hey, I'm willing to give you all this amount of hours for this money in terms of from a, a career point of view. And I wanted to go out and see what I could make for myself. And so that's why I decided to take that leap into business. Now, I'd been conditioned in my my life growing up from my, my parents. Like my dad was a really great businessman and everything like that, but he was in a couple of franchises that went really bad and it put the family under pressure. So when we were growing up, none of no fault of his own, it's just the franchise companies that he was a part of, they went bust, and he, so he suffered as a part of that. But that put the family under tremendous pressure. And so my conditioning influence was to go get a safe job, go get a you know, a good, strong career and work well, climb the corporate ladder, do all this, retire, be happy. Uh, and that was the kind of conditioning influences that I received growing up. So this opportunity to step out and say, well, hey, I want to see what I can do for myself because I had that kind of voice in the back of my head saying, you know, have a crack at it, see what happens. What do you got to lose? Um, so I did and put everything on the line for it. And uh, three months into it, I had made a sale. I was living in this little basement apartment in Bayfield Street, Ontario, Canada at the time. Uh, two bedroom basement apartment with my then wife and my two kids. My son Mitchell was three. My daughter with Jordan was about six months old. Um, and my office was this tiny little storeroom in the bottom of this basement apartment. And we were underneath a tanning salon. All right? And then there was two apartments above that in this, you know, this really cool little basement apartment we had. Um, and, you know, it was where I started my business. And uh, so I had made a sale October 1999. I looked at the bank accounts and thought, oh, crap, I've only got enough money to last one more month's worth of rent and uh, maybe enough for food. And then we're broke. And uh, I remember the night vividly well, and it's always tough to recall on it, but um, it was one of the most pivotal points in my life. I, I remember that night, it was probably at midnight, I walked into my children's bedroom and I just sort of slumped on the floor, leant up against Mitchell's bed. Mitchell was off to, you know, sort of leaning up against his, Jordan was off to the other side. And I just started bawling my eyes out and thinking, oh my God, what have I done to my family? I've risked everything. I've taken this big risk. I haven't delivered. You know, I, I failed my kids. I failed my then wife. Um, and I, I just, I was just an absolute mess. And I was just like, I've, I've got to quit. I've got to go get a job. This is, this is terrible. And in that very moment, I was just sitting there, like, bawling my eyes out. I'm looking over at Jordan and Mitchell there behind me, and I'm going, this voice once again back my head said, Dave, if you quit right now, what are you teaching your children by quitting? That when things get tough, it's okay to quit. And I would hope that now my kids have known through various times of my life that they know dad never gives up and that he finds a way. And at that time, I, I reflected on it, and I was thinking, you know what, I need to to be more, and not not that I wasn't doing enough things, but I wasn't being who I needed to be. I was resting on my laurels of all the things that made me successful in the past. When I talk to leaders today about the paradox of success is whatever made you successful to here isn't what will make you successful to there. I was going through that paradox of success. I was getting trapped in all those things that made me successful in my career, but I needed to evolve into something else you now as a business person and going out to help people. And so, I, you know, one of my lessons I, I share with people is you never know who's watching. So be mindful of who's watching, because my children were watching, whether they were asleep or not. 
they were still watching what dad did. I was their role model. I was their example. So instead of showing them when things get tough and you fail to just go and take the easy path, I decided to ask more of myself. But also at that stage, Kezi, what I learned is that nobody buys from a hungry person. And when I was going out to sell, I was getting the stage where I needed, I needed to sell because I needed food. I needed to pay my rent. I needed to put fuel in my car. I needed, I needed, I needed. And nobody's buying from me when what's what I need. And so the very next morning, I wrote out my own sales methodology. This I wanted to start facilitating people to make smart buying decisions. And I realized it was all about being of service, not trying to sell. And so I wrote this whole philosophy about how it would go out and serve people. And I started doing that. And within that, within that first four, four weeks toward the getting close to where I had no money left, I made my first sale. I got someone to buy into their ability to achieve more, only because I started to become more. So when I shifted mm-hmm. what I call going from starving to serving, instead of waiting to be someone to serve me, I decided to go serve others. And that moment I shifted gears to being more of service, people knew that I was there for them. I wasn't there for me. And I just let go of anything that I had. I said, if I'm going to do this for the next four weeks, I'm just going to go all in and I'm going to go be of service. I'm going to forget everything about what I want or need. And I'm just going to go and help them find out what other people want to need and find a way that I can help them get it. And I did that. And then 12 months later, uh, I had my clients were world clients of the year. I was sales leader of the year, um, all because I shifted in that moment. And I, I guess from a courageous moment or adversity, I had the courage to become more. It wasn't I had the courage to stick with it. I had the courage to challenge myself to evolve and become more. I love that. I love that. And I love that you refer to leading by example for your kids because mm. they are watching. And yeah. and yeah. I, as you know this as well, it's yeah. fail forward fast. Yeah. Nobody has not failed their way to success. I don't care what you think or imagine the biggest greatest leaders have gone through the adversity to build that strength and resilience because if you're not failing you're not playing big enough yeah all the entrepreneurial gurus out there will tell you to fail often and fail fast why because that's how you learn Mm. and none of us got to be who we are today Cassie without making mistakes that we've learned from we've made a lot of mistakes we haven't learned from (laughs) but we become who we are from the mistakes we made so so if you want to become more and achieve more in your life Whatever gives you the, the 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 right to think that you could do that without making more mistakes? Yeah, and yeah. and trusting that we can handle whatever comes our way. I think yeah. that's the key. Is you will leap and you will have the courage to move forward and choose um, yeah. faith over fear if you know that you can handle the other side of yeah. getting back up after the fall. So I love yeah, that you absolutely. share that vulnerable story because we're not alone, right? Yeah, no, no. I, you know what? And I've had other ones since then, but like, like that to me is just the like one of the biggest um, turning points in my life. And I'll happily share one more very quickly. 2017 okay. should have been the biggest year of my life. Now I've never shared this with anybody. This is a very, mm. this is fresh, hot off the press for you. Perfect. Um, I actually did a video about this, but I deleted it because I just I got too emotional. I couldn't finish it. Um, but I've made peace with it now. Um, and 2017 should have been my biggest year yet because the year I published my book, mm. right? So it was uh, 2017. Um, I just finished writing some I, I had the largest book launch at uh, AIM, the Australian Institute of Management. Blessings to Gary, Professor Gary and the team at AIM. They hosted it. We had more people show up than it registered. It was like the biggest book um, launch they've ever had there. And it should have been my most epic year in business. 
by, by the end of 2017, rolling into 2018, um, I was virtually on the border of bankruptcy again. Because what I realized is that I thought, oh, I published this book. I'm going to become this world famous author. I'm going to be a keynote speaker. I'm just going to travel the world. And it was, I guess I went into much more of an ego phase about my life at that stage. You know, uh, and it put my relationships under pressure, not only with all my friends and my family, my wife, my financials, everything like that. Um, you know, I was launching this business off the back end of it, and everything kind of imploded on me. And it was ended up being probably the worst year I've had in 10 years. Yep. Or more. Um, and and I learned, what I learned from that is that and this is why I do the work that I do today, which is about helping leaders to evolve themselves, to evolve their businesses, to stay relevant in the hearts and minds of the people they choose to serve. What I was bringing to the market was very valuable, but I was not finding a way to be, re I wasn't relevant to the people I wanted to serve. Mm. My content was relevant, but I wasn't in terms of who I was and how I was bringing it to the market. Because once again, it became, I realized I was becoming more about me again, Yep. And not about, and like, I'm still being absurd. Human nature. Yeah. yeah. And, but it's your ability to notice those things and to be able to understand and pick up on that. Like I said, like, even right now in this world, Kezi, a lot of people are going into fear and contracting and, you know, mm. that, which is okay. I did too. It's only human nature, but it's how long you stay in that space that makes the difference. It's, you know, yes, acknowledge it. It's what it is, everything like that. At that stage, it took me a while to pick up, and I'm going, why is this not working, and why? And I'm spending all this money and developing all this stuff and putting it there and the, producing the book and doing all this sort of stuff. And I spent virtually everything, everything that I saved and built up and everything like that, thinking that this is what was going to work without finding out what the market needed or wanted. Mm. I just knew what I wanted to put out in the market. I didn't worry about whether that was relevant to the market or not. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. And it's the drive, the intention behind what you create, which is perfect now, lead with service. Yeah. And like all the stuff that I do work with clients on, this is not stuff that I've read in a book or I've just academically absorbed and I'm spitting back out. This is real life stuff that I've had to deal with, that I've experienced, that I've, as a leader, as a practitioner over 25 years in leadership, from my own life lessons, running my own businesses, working with other people, and, you know, I'm not immune from this because I do it for a living. I'm human as well. I make mistakes. I uh, have these things where I fall into the, you know, the wrong mindset. Uh, but it's what I've learned is how to bounce back and how to take those and learn from those things, right? Because that's what really matters most. It's your ability to bounce back. Amen. Get back up. Yeah. And now where I am now, and like uh, here we are in this pandemic world and even beyond this. Crushing it. And my clients are going gangbusters. Yep. Because... I mean, the, the work that they're doing, please, I'm just unlucky to be a Sherpa or a facilitator or a guide or a catalyst of the process, but only because of all the learnings that I've had that I've been able to put into a systematic approach for them to absorb and process through their own business um, that I can be of service to them. Yep. And I believe experience is the best teacher. Yeah, absolutely. It's having the mindset and the perspective that you will find a way and you show up with that. Yeah. Winning, winning mindset, right? Yeah, 100%. Tell us, Dave Clare, Mr. Circle Leadership, yep. what does leadership mean to you and then what are the attributes of an absolutely amazing leader? Sure. Piece of cake for me, this one. Yeah. So uh, Dave Clare's definition of leadership. Leadership is all about helping other people become the best version of themselves so they can do their life's best work 
while they're in your care and beyond. And that means about caring about them as human beings first, employees second. Also, my, in, in, in my interpretation of leadership, nowhere in there does it say that you have a position or a title. Anyone can be a leader. Leadership is not a position or title. It's a process or it's a, you know, it's a philosophy or a belief mm -hmm. about how other people become the best that they can so they can do their life's best work while they're in your care and beyond. And that means that employees could be demonstrating leadership to help their titled leader or manager become the best that they can be because we should all be lifting and rising together, lifting each other up. Um, and so to me, um, leadership is like, it's, I say all around, top-down leadership is the way of the past, right? And all around leadership is the way forward. We need to help people to coach and facilitate and do whatever to help people become the best, to get them into flow. Because you see a lot of leadership speakers who talk about leadership's all about influence, right? What does influence mean, Kezi? Influence is, uh, well, inspiring others. That's not what influence is, but inspiring others by your example. But influence yeah. is influencing other people's behaviour with yeah. your actions or words. Okay, you ready for a mic drop yep. moment over there and I'll moonwalk right out of here? Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So influence, in is into, and fluence is like the Latin derivative of the word fluid or flow. So leadership being about influence is about helping other people get into flow. And so our job as leaders is to help people get into flow state. When are you at your best, Kazi? When I've got an amazing man in front of me. No, <laughs> <laughs> when are you at your second best, Kazi? <laughs> when I'm in flow and doing what right. makes me come alive. Certainly, right. yeah. So when you're in flow state, that's when you're at your best. And yes. so if leadership's all about having other people become their best, to do their best work while they're in your care and beyond. When people talk about leadership influence or being an influencer, it's about helping people get into flow state. Okay? Amen. And that's I love that. About leadership. So some of the attributes or characteristics of a great leader, um, I'll, I'll phrase it a little bit differently, and it may answer your question, but it may not. But I believe that leadership is really simple. You lead people. Most of what we call leadership today is just modern management practices. And so real leaders today understand that leadership is all about people. Uh, and people are not a resource. I don't know how many people out there would be like to be referred to as, to, as a resource. A resource is a commodity or a means to an end, uh, you know, things like that. And, I, and I'm hoping through this whole pandemic, what we're doing is we're bringing more humanity back into the workforce. And we're realizing that we're all equal and that we're all humans. And technology is actually forcing us to become more human with each other because we've been sent to our rooms uh, because we've been naughty, right? Mother Nature said you've been naughty, you have to go to your room and think about your behavior, and we're being forced to be more human with each other. Um, so if leadership's all about people then, the great attributes of a leader understand people. Um, and that to me, and people want three things, and people want something to believe in. So a great leader has the ability to create some sense of meaning to the work that people are doing. You know, everybody wants their lives to be more meaningful, so a purpose-driven leader will help people find work that is meaningful, full of meaning. And so we'll have this personal connection to this sense of the work that we're doing. So they help them to do that. Leaders also, the attributes of leaders, understand that they that people want someone who believes in them, that we need to be able to believe in our people. They want people who can trust them, who allow them to take responsibility um, you know, for the work that they're doing, to help them make smarter decisions, to coach them. Because leaders, people want coaches today, not bosses. And then the third thing that I think is a great attribute of a leader is that they're visionaries. People want to also believe in a leader that they see has a bigger picture of the world than all of us combined. 
So a leader knows that people want something to believe in, someone who believes in them, and someone that they can believe in. And that leader is the ability to be that person or present that or create that environment that's conducive for all that to happen. Boom. That was a mic drop. I love that. And I think I love that you said, you know, people are driven by meaning. So the belief, the trust, the self-responsibility, um, yeah. and to have a clear vision direction for where you're going. Because people don't buy you. They buy your vision and they do buy you. But yeah, well, they, they buy you because you have this vision that's far greater than all of us combined, Kezi. It's going to be mm. I'm say you and I. No, can totally. you imagine a world where this, you know, it's that really, and this is where Love. purpose is there to engage us. Values or whatever, the, the, the someone who believes in me is there to empower me, but a vision is there to inspire me. It's like this massive big picture. Love and, it. And yeah. how would you, there's a few different um, facets to leadership. I believe that uh, leadership starts with ourselves. We're all leaders, yeah. Yeah. you know, especially parents. You're a parent, you're a bot, um, you know, you run your business. So there's different uh, facets of leadership for self, personal leadership, as well as business, and then team leadership. Can you share some wisdom on that? <laughs> I'll give you some wisdom, maybe more done to the wisdom than anything else, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, yeah, it, you, it's hard to lead anyone else until you can lead yourself, right? Yeah. And this is about personal leadership. And this is where, like, I talk about we want to create more leaders. Leaders create more leaders. Tom Peters said that many, many years ago, and it's never been more true still today. Um, and, and so, like, in order for us to do that, like, about us becoming the best version of ourselves to allow our team to become the best, well, if you're not evolving as yourself, then you're not going to be able to create capacity for your team to evolve. So you need to have personal leadership. And once again, it's about becoming your best. And please understand that, um, you know, have you peaked, Kezi? Are you the best you're ever going to be? No way. Every day getting better and better. Life right. experience. Right. So here's the peak. And if I'm standing on the peak, I've peaked. I'm the best I can be. No matter which way I look or where I go, what's go the only direction I can go from there? Down. Down. Um, and so from a, a leader, personal leadership, self-leadership, is about really continually challenging yourself to become more, to do more, to have more in life, to help others to do more. Mm. And this is a, certainly a journey that I've been on, especially over the last, well, for many years, decades even, but even the last, this um, since this pandemic started rolling out, I've gone really deep inside to really challenge myself. Uh, as you know, it was probably, I don't know, it was about two weeks ago, it was my birthday, almost three weeks ago. Um, and I wrote down on my birthday, what now? Because from a leadership point, how can I be of best service to this world now? And that's when you talk about self-leadership or personal leadership. It's about digging deep and asking yourself how you can be of service, how you can, who, who do I need to become? It's not about what do I need to do? And this is where I've said so one of my clearisms is a lot of people are resolving to do something different instead of evolving to be someone different. Because I need to be more than I have. I think each of us could be more for each other right now, especially in this time. And this is why I talk about bringing humanity back into the workplace. I would challenge all of us to not do more right now, but to be more for each other. How can we be more for each other right now? And that's self-leadership. And then when you can do that, you can be more for somebody else. Well, then you can help them be more. Then you can help lead your team. Right? And then when it comes to actually leading your team, you know, so getting everyone aligned to achieve something great and working together, I'm a... I'm a firm believer in, from a, we'll get a little bit technical about leadership and business right now, but you as a leader are there to serve your people. Your people that you work with are there to serve the purpose. The purpose of your organization is to serve your customers. 
Because if your purpose doesn't serve your customers, it's not your purpose. You're not going to make money either. <laughs> no, right? Well, because <laughs> nobody jumps out of bed in the morning and goes, gee, I can't wait to make the boss rich today. Okay? So please understand. Uh, and I've asked this question of a bunch of people in this space. You know, uh, when people get engaged, when people propose to get married, why, why, why do people get engaged? Why do people get engaged? Why do they propose? What are they feeling? Um, overwhelmed emotions, in yeah. love. They in want love. to spend forever with, yeah. Yeah, they're in love. So people are engaged when they're in love. So if you're not in love with why you do what you do in your business, how do you expect anyone else to get engaged with your business? If you're not in love as a leader, how do you expect to get your team to fall in love with why you do what you do? Because if you fall in love with what you do and you can help your team fall in love with why they do what you do, you can all speak that love to the market and the market can respond in kind and love why you do what you do. Right? So we need to, because people get engaged when they're in love and purpose is there to engage people, engage your team, engage your customers or your clients or the people you want to give service to. So if you're not evolving to stay relevant in the hearts and minds of the people you choose to serve, well, then they're going to speak with their feet and and you won't have anyone to serve anyway. I love it. So leadership's all about that, evolving yourself, evolving your team so that, but you, when I talk about evolving, it's going to be evolving in a space where you love the work that you're doing and love who you're becoming in the process. Mm, that's the, that is the number one thing. It's yeah. who you become on the journey is the most rewarding gift. Yeah, like all this goal setting stuff. Yeah. You know, you've done a lot of goal setting work and stuff. The goal is not necessarily about the achievement of the goal. It's who you become through the process of achieving that goal that is the real goal. Mm. Yeah. It, there's a tangible achievement of that goal, but it's the intangibles that you achieve through that process, which I think is where the goal is. It's who you become through the achievement of goals. The attainment of goals is just a vehicle to help you become the best version of yourself. And what's some tangible things that people can do? Would you say starting off... Like it's like your your daily habits in the morning is an example of being a good leader for yourself and then communicating well with your team or what are some um, actionable tools for our audience? You know, once again, it helps leader, you become more. So if, if leadership is about having someone have something to believe in, someone to believe in them and someone they can believe in, do you do that for yourself? So every morning for me, I can only tell you what I do every morning, every morning, once I've got up and done everything I do, I get in my office here and I write, I have a mantra I write every day. Same thing I write every day. Amazing. Right? So I write this one page mantra about my life, about it starts off with, you know, who, you know, who I want to serve, how I want to serve, how I'm going to serve them. Um, and then at the end, it talks more about in, who I'm going to become through the process of doing that. And then I write my three gratitudes every day. And I don't do little fluffy gratitudes um, and stuff like that. I, those very things that I'm, like deeply grateful for. Mm. And then after that, I have all my goals written down and I read through every single one of my goals, personal and professional. So I have personal goals and professional goals. And I read through those things every day because I want to make sure I keep my goals at the forefront of my heart and my mind. Right. And through space repetition being the mother of all skill <laughs> for me to take ownership and to, to, you know, totally internalize this. I have to do it daily, every single day, even though I could sit there and I know it off by heart and I wouldn't have to write it because I've memorized it. Uh, and I said, like, you can easily memorize something, but when you're mesmerized by it, then you know that you've, you've taken ownership of it. 
And so I need to make sure I keep it in the forefront of my heart and my mind every day. So imagine if I've written my mantra every day, I've been said what I'm grateful for, and I've really read my goals, and then I get into my work, I'm focused as hell on what it is that I need to accomplish. Because that's what a leader does. And I hold myself to a higher vision of my own life. I have a reason to get out of bed every morning. I have a set of values to empower myself to make smart decisions to create a world that I see. And I have a routine to make sure I stay on track for that. I love it. How important is knowing your values to create epic results and be an amazing leader? How important is it? Uh, I know. Right after having a clear sense of why you do what it is you do, it's the second most important thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, And in the end, it actually, once you own why you do what you do, it becomes the most important thing because it's what guides you. Um, to make those decisions so you don't stray away from your why. Yeah, and values are what is important to you. Isn't that funny? And yeah, and please understand because like I challenge people, like when you when you want to write even your own personal values, please don't write down the motherhood statement of values like honesty, integrity, and trust. And those yeah. to me are commonplace. Their price of entry Virtues. to being a human being. Mm. Like that, and, and I challenge people, what makes you unique in the way you think about it? Even in business, that's no different to me in personal. What makes you unique in the way you think about achieving what it is you want to achieve in life? Because, you know, Simon Sonic always tell us that people buy why you do what you do, but I believe your values are why they buy it from you. Yeah, who, who you stand for, who you're being. Correct. Yeah. Why you do, great. Yes, I want that. But why I'm going to buy it from you is because the way you uniquely think about it. And I so think your values are the same as everybody else. What makes you unique in the way you think? Nothing. You're yeah. comparable. You well, don't stand alone. Well, even if we have a couple of similar values, we, oh, we can have different um, energy. But your, and, but your definition of them might be different. What yes. You, like, so for me, simplicity Perfect. is one of my core values, for example, right? In business and in life. And, but my definition of simplicity can be totally different to your definition of simplicity. Absolutely. It's not so much what we value, it's how we define that value. Yeah, love it. Okay. Love it. And Dave Clare, you are amazing on social media, serving, being seen, and that isn't always easy. So, like, tell us a bit about your journey of, like, showing up on social media. Now you crush videos and all the rest of it, but do you have any advice for those that are a little bit, um, shy and don't want to be visible or, or, and then people that are crushing it online as well. Yeah. The, the, the advice I would have for people who aren't, who are shy and don't want to be online is the same thing with most, and I'm definitely no social media guru in that sense. I'm just a practitioner. Um, but my advice to anybody is if you don't like being on camera, don't be on camera or do some training to get better on camera. Um, or work with somebody who you can have a conversation with and keep the camera off of you and just have a conversation with somebody while it's being filmed, and that's fine. Or find what it is. If you love to write, write. Yeah. If you love to speak, speak. If you love to be on camera, be on camera. Um, Everyone will find their thing that they enjoy doing. Um, You know, once again, for me, it'd be very, this is quite, people don't believe me when I tell this, but I'm I'm probably more an ambivert than I am an uh, extrovert. Because I enjoy my quiet time and being out of the light or anything like that. Like I, I can get up on a stage in front of a thousand people and speak, no problems whatsoever. But as soon as I'm done and done all the bits I need to do, I'd like to go and just be quiet and reflect. And um, you know, I understand with my role and my responsibility to be of service that I've chosen that I do need to be on camera and doing these sorts of things. So I do it. Mm. 
Um, but there's other times when I like to just be in my office on my own, listening to my crooners on the Spotify and just feeling <laughs> and wait from everybody. Yeah. Um, and, and I like to do some writing and stuff. Uh, I just find videos probably a more powerful uh, Definitely. platform because people can see this. You can see my they words, can feel you can see the tone, they can feel me, they can see the expression on my face. And so that's really powerful. But my, my only advice that, and the best, it was only advice that was given to me, um, so it's not something that I've certainly, something I had to learn myself, is, uh, is to learn to speak to the person that you want to speak to as if you're speaking to them. So when I'm putting in content, and especially the way I write my posts and stuff like that now, is more about I'm speaking, to, if you were my ideal person I would like to be of service to, Cassie, I imagine as I'm writing that I'm writing this to you. Yes, absolutely. So I'm speaking to you. I'm not speaking to anybody else. I'm just speaking to you. And everyone else might be listening or seeing or watching or reading, but I'm just speaking to you. So if you know who it is you want to be relevant in the hearts and minds of, write to that person, talk to that person, record something for that person, and put it up there. And that person, whoever they are, wherever they are, will hear it. And guess what? A bunch of other people might too. And, um, and I you know I used to, and I was criminal for this. I used to put, you know, kind of those braggadocious or humble brags up. Oh, it's such an honor or privilege to be selected for this and doing that. Nobody gives a crap. Yeah. That was me hoping to say, hey, look. Hey, and that's when I talked about that time when I was going through the book and all the stuff I put out. If I went back through there, I'd like ugh, cringe at the content I was putting out then because it was, hey, look at me. I'm a published author and I'm this and I'm that. And nobody cares. Yeah, everyone care cares about, about themselves. Yeah. They care about how can you help me. That's not you telling me how great you are is not helping me become great. Mm -hmm. So make sure that your content you're putting out is of service. So good. And I this is what I feel as well that you just highlighted is we will show up when it's not about us because mm -hmm. we'll be like, oh, our shame will come up and, or we don't want to show up, but when it's not about you, but the people that need to hear your message and your magic, yeah. that's when you show up and serve and start giving zero fucks because you need to express yourself to help others. Oh, good. I'm glad you swore. So that means we're allowed to swear on this podcast. So what's yeah. Yeah. As a polite Canadian, I'm always just want to make sure first before I start swearing. I um, love it. Yeah. And you know, and I just put a post up on LinkedIn. I was telling you about it before we went on air. Um, and I wasn't going to share it. I, I wrote it. It was something for me. It was a very deep reflection that I did over the Easter weekend. And I wasn't going to share it. I just something I wanted to write to as to, you know, get my thoughts together on paper about, you know, and it was titled, I wish I could have done more. And it's about a reflection over the past three years of traveling all around Australia and speaking to 3,000 or more leaders. I try to do the math on how many it was. And knowing the ones that I've been able to be of service to, but speaking to all those people that I haven't been able to be of greater service to that I wish I could have been more for them. And so I wrote this big long piece out and it was about my new commitment and conviction moving forward to not allow that to happen again. About me, and this is why I talk about, you know, we need to become more for each other. I decided I need to become more for the world. Um, I could never, I don't think anyone could have predicted that this pandemic of this size, scope, scale, everything was gonna happen for us at this time that when we're recording this. Um, but I knew something would come along and disrupt those people's worlds. I didn't know what it was or how big it would be, but I just knew someone would, because history has told us that that will happen. Mm. Um, and I, but I, I, I realized I wasn't enough. I hadn't become enough. And it wasn't to say that who I was wasn't, like I didn't want to diminish who I was. It's kind of the best way for me to describe it is, here's my cup, right? And here's the, and I've got 80% of that jar full. 
And I thought, oh, I've got a little bit of capacity to be more here. And what I did is I wrote this thing and I realized, holy crap, here's the size of your jar, Dave, and poured that in there and saying, look how much more capacity for greatness or being remarkable in terms of the way you can serve people. You've got so much more capacity to be more for people. Yeah. And so I put that post up, but I wasn't going to put it up. And I sent it to a buddy of mine. I said, what do you reckon? I'm just trying to gather my thoughts. You know me really well. Does this, is this making sense? And he said, you have to share this. And I'm like, uh, I'm not sure. And he said, well, you're full of crap if you don't share this, because you just said you're going to be more, you're going to have this commitment, this conviction. Boom. And if you don't share Called it. Called out on your own shit. I love yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, you know, it just it was me. It was just like, because it's a very vulnerable piece for me. Um, and part of who I need to become more, I was putting there is I need to, you know, I'm, I've been probably probably 80% head, 20% heart in a lot of the work that I've done. And I needed to be more heart centered in the work that I do. When I'm with clients, I'm, I'm you know, I'm hundred percent heart when I'm with my clients. Right. But to get people to believe in themselves, I needed to be more heart centered in the work and the way that I present. And so that's why I wrote that piece. And now it's out there, and I think it's been shared like 20-something odd times, and the feedback's been phenomenal. I've been invited on, like I said, a whole bunch of podcasts, and it's holding me to account to being who I said I was going to be. Amazing. And vulnerability is like the key to courage. Like that is what builds the connection. None of us are alone. When we talk about our fears, that's what is shared. Right. Yeah, well, the feedback I've been getting is phenomenal. It's like you put words to what I was thinking. Mm. And to me, like, just the greatest, uh, you know, I didn't put it out there for that reason. I just, like, I wanted to put myself out there, put it to account, um, let know people that I'm willing to be more. And I, it's not like, I, you know, I apologize. I'm Canadian. I apologize anyway. The, um, <laughs> hey, sorry. The, um, I just wanted to put it out there saying, you know, I know I can be more for you and, and, I, and I promise to do so. And then the feedback from other people has just been like phenomenal. It's just been inspiring to see that, well, I'm not the only one thinking like this, that everyone's starting to question and ask this. And, and it's inspired a few people to do the same thing. So that's great. And if I hadn't put it out there, it wouldn't have. So I've already been of service just by putting it out there. And, and what's so again, if like, you're listening up, and if you yeah. have something that's on your heart, this is your reminder to share it because you never know who needs to hear it. And the response may yeah. let go of the how it shows up but you know you've been able to serve a lot of people by sharing what's on your heart it's beautiful yeah and you'll serve more people from your heart than you'll ever will from your head amen Hmm. um so proximity how has that influenced your life you know what um I was never really, you know, I understand proximity is power and all that sort of stuff. And it's critical. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's community. Yeah. And I've really never really worried about it too much because you know, I don't ever judge anybody by their financial health. Well, I judge them by their head and their heart in terms of are they good people? And I don't mind hanging around with that, uh, with good people. So I've never really been too concerned about that. Um, but proximity is, is, I guess now in this world going forward, I'm, I'm very cautious about the doom and gloomers of the world right now and yeah. keeping them at bay. And, you know, there's all this crap that's going around uh, at this time when we're recording this, um, that I just, I just don't want to be part of it. I just, I'm not interested, you know, and I, I catch myself getting caught up every now and again, like someone's like, Oh, uh, you know, yeah. but, you know, um, do I care what's caused this? You know, I, I care, but what what's more important is how I choose to interpret it and deal with it and move forward with it. I can't change that anything that we're dealing with in this time or any time in the future has happened. I can only choose to find a way to move forward because 
we have two mindsets, and you would know this very well, Cassie. You can either be life is happening to me or life is happening for me. I can either be the victim or the victor. Yeah. And so I'm hanging around with victors, not victims. Amen. So the only proximity yeah. that I have, and if there's some people who are very close to me who are in victim mode, if I'll, I'll see what I can do to help them Send get into some victim compassion. mode. Yeah. yeah, like I'm very empathetic and compassionate to people because everyone has their own time that they need to process yeah. and get through things. Uh, but in the end, I'm not hanging around with victims. Yeah. If you want to stay in victim state, then that's fine. I'm not hanging yeah. around. Um, I believe, like what you talked about before, it's really important where where your focus goes, energy flows and results mm. show. So like you said, we could be like going, oh, my God, what are we going to do about 5G? What are we going to do about the world? Or you could go, other people have got that under control. Yes, we'll lead by example, maybe share some stuff. Mm. But your energy can go, how can I make a difference by showing up as a leader? And maybe that's, you know, being of service and also um, being rewarded financially for that service, which allows you to circulate the money in the economy in the right hands and be able to add more value to other people's lives as well. Yeah, you know, like I think that's just energy as well, right? As you know, mm. um, and like for me, I know, uh, like I'll be well taken care of. You know, what my big goal is to create and inspire 90 million purpose-driven leaders. If I made a dollar off of each one and I was able to create and inspire 90 million people, I'd do okay. So I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is how do I be of service to 90 million purpose-driven leaders? The rest will take care of itself. If I find a way to bring value, there's a value transfer and everyone has a price-to-value ratio and all this. But if I'm, if I'm focused on the value I can give to the world, not the value I receive, then I would go back to where I was. I want to stay focused on the value I can give to the world. And I know when I focus on other people helping them solve their problems, my problems will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. In, in, in life and in business... When you're staying awake at night, thinking about all your problems that keep you awake at night, right? You're worried about your business. The best way to deal with that is to wake up in the morning and start thinking about how you can solve other people's problems for them, and all your problems will start to disappear. Yeah. When you take the focus off yourself and put it on others, you go from depression to like being present. Yeah. And then you're more calm. Yep. Um, so another thing I'd love to know, you are you are with a beautiful woman, you're in a beautiful relationship. What are some relationship tips to like being an amazing leader, partner in a relationship? What do you think makes a winning relationship? Yeah, well, let's, let's be very clear. I definitely punch well above my weight class. All right, yeah, she's so. gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, one of the, and, and I talk about this actually to uh, a lot of my keynotes, but even in in business, and it's no different for our customers, all right? Because relationships are relationships. Exactly. I'm going to meet with your team. Is first and foremost, uh, I tell people to honor the one. And so, you know, like, and I'll take start this with business, and I'll bring it back to my relationship with my wife and everything like that. But you know, when we win a new client over, or if you just want a big contract from somebody, you won this client across. And we go, okay, we got them. Now we go see if we can win the next one. And then we go see if we can win the next one and win the next one. And then what we do is we're so busy worrying about getting the next one, we're not paying attention to the ones that we've won that we've succeeded to bring across. Um, and so this is no different for me in life. And so gentlemen, if anyone's listening to this, ladies might love this. I've had several proposals of marriage from ladies because I should, <laughs> but my philosophy uh, in life is very simple towards from a relationship. I seek to win my wife's love every day. Beautiful. Because I've, 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 you know, and I've proposed to her three times. Foolishly, she said yes every single time. 
And actually, she proposed to me once. Actually, I got a new wedding ring, and I said, you can't give it to me unless you propose to me, and so she did. Um, but I keep giving her love every day. And well, that's just a simple, I make sure I give her a kiss before I leave in the morning. Uh, if I'm going out, I let her know where I am, when I'm going. I'll do some crazy, stupid things. Um, like I'll take all the knives and forks out and I'll put them on the bench and I'll put, I, I love you. Or I'll organize the pool table balls on the pool table that says all that. Um, you know, I'll just do something really simple for her, spend quality time with her. I understand her love language and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I'm seeking to find ways to win her love every day. Because if I don't, somebody else will. Beautiful. Love right. it. So, gentlemen out there, find a way to, you know, it could be, doesn't have anything fancy, it doesn't have to be cost you anything other than your effort or your energy mm-hmm. to do so. And usually, what I get is like, you know, it's really cute, Dave, but now I have to clean up all these knives and forks. So, I had to put all the pool balls away. Or I had to. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah, um, but I'm sure deep down inside, she does love it. Of course, she does. People love like attention, and you talk to her love language at this time. So, it's perfect. Yeah, it's good to. Yeah, um, get clear in your love language because quite often in relationships we can speak in our love language. Mm. You know, maybe it's given them lots of touch and affection, but it's not what lights them up. Maybe it's acts of service or words of affirmations or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so anyway, so that's, uh, you know, and, um, you know, in our relationship, we have, you know, we think we all work together. We've just worked at each other's roles in the relationship in terms of, you know, um, the work that I do, what she does, and how we each contribute to the household, and you know, finding those boundaries. Like even working from home, um, you know, very clear on some boundaries about working from home. She's very respectful of that and what I do and everything like that. And then I'm respectful of bless you, bless you. Thank you. Know, you know, and so you know, it's finding those, but it's it's no different. Like I said, from a business point of view, when you win that client over, or you get this really cool team member to your team. Are you trying to find finding ways to show them the love every day? Love that. Yeah. That's when they feel valued and that's yeah. when they want to provide more value. Right. And Gary V talked a bit about this, you know, um, and for those of us who love our parents, why do you love your parents, Kezi? Because they're beautiful and they've always been there for me. <laughs> right. Who loved who first? They loved me first, I think. Right. So we want our clients to fall in love with why we do what we do for them. We want our team to fall in love with why. Well, then I ask you and challenge anyone out there is, are you in love with your clients? Are you in love with your team? Are you in, because you got to show them the love first for them to be able to reciprocate the love in common. I'm going to. Engaged when they're in love. Yes. I'm going to be sharing this interview with my team. (laughs) I love that. And that's, yeah, just valuing each other. Now, what would you, I could talk to you all day. It's all good. Um, what about people in a team where, you know, um, not in a traditional business, you know, um, I have a lot of friends that are in affiliate marketing, direct sales and stuff. So I say be the leader you want to attract but and leading by example and helping other people as well. Like do you have any tips for people that aren't directly benefiting from others? It's just how you show up and... It, well, you, you, people want to hang out with people that they enjoy being, you know, around. Whether they're working with or for, or whatever way you want to describe it, or just interacting. It just to me, you know, it's the same thing. Why do you have the friends that you have? Because they're like-minded and they share common interests and stuff like that. They understand you when you're going through tough times. They're there to support you. They're, you know, so you know, I agree with you. Like, be the person you want to be in the world, um, and you'll attract the, the right people. And you know, and culture in an organization is the same, but if you're looking at a little bit more, say, um, 
uh, let's say remote or not a physical structure of an organization per se, but a whole bunch of people in the same kind of industry or business that all want to work together, you know, it's like a magnet and a magnet can do one of two things. It can attract or it can repel. Mm. Right. So you'll, you'll be able to attract the people that you want to hang out with and associate with that believe in what you believe in. And you repel those that don't only when you're strong in your own beliefs, because the stronger you are, the more magnetic you become. Yes. That's being authentic. And then you attract your vibe attracts your tribe. Yeah, and that, you know those sort of things. So to me, uh, you know, it's the concept of a magnet. It attracts or repels. And people, Perfect. you can you can talk all the crap you want to talk, but whatever's going on inside you will find a way to manifest itself on the outside. So yeah. a lot of people who are saying the right things but aren't living it in the inside. They're, just, yeah. Yeah, they're not congruent, and people will pick up on that because that's your vibe you're sending out. Yeah, that's your energy. What's inside, not the vibe that you're sending out from what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, you know, because if you've been in a sales situation, I know like where there's something, you know, the salesperson saying all the right things, but there's just something doesn't feel right. Yeah. And you're going, I don't know. And we start asking questions. People say, why don't you get asked price questions like I do? It's because I'm very confident in the values that I provide. So I don't really get asked about price. But people who do is because they're not confident and it comes out some way, not in words, but just the vibes there because people pick up on your vibes. Yeah. Body language, so, energy. Yeah. Um, so... We talked about leaders leading with service. How can we serve you today, Dave? Thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and your time and energy with our audience. Oh, my pleasure. The best way for you to be of service is for people to take this information that we've shared today, internalize it, find out what's best for them, because not all this has to fit for everybody, but find out what part is and go out and be the best, take this to help you become part of, you know, the process of you becoming the best that you can be and shoot me a note to say, hey, thanks so much. I listened to this. I did this with it. And here's what I'm doing now because of that. That would be the best um, way to be of service to me is to know that it's, uh, I've had that impact on people. Amazing. And what is your website? I'll leave your social media and your website in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. It's easy. Just if you go to www.daveclare.com, D-A-V-E-C-L-A-R-E.com, there's all my social media links and bits and pieces there. And and I I answer all emails, things that might take me a little bit of time. Please understand that nobody can interrupt me. I can only allow the interruptions. So if people send me an email, I will respond uh, and as, alliance. Yeah, as humanly possible. Uh, you know, I've got clients and everyone else I have to serve, but I'm always, and even in social media, I don't have any bots. I don't have anything. It's always me responding. Love it. Thank mm. you. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. You're a legend. You're a great friend. You do lead by example, and I've witnessed you help so many. Thank you. My pleasure, Kezi. Anytime. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Courageous Leaders Podcast. I would love you to subscribe and leave an honest review on Apple Podcasts. This allows us to inspire and impact more people. If you'd also love to stay connected and see our upcoming events and the show notes, please go to carolynzanetti.com. Thank you so much.